17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of Baltimore Postgame Uncensored on 105.7 The Fam. Here with my guy, Tim Barbalace from Inside Access, as well as Baltimore Game Day Daily. In for the good homie, Cordell Woodland, who is still dealing with new fatherhood. And again, congrats to you, Cordell. Uh, Ravens win 10 to 9. Yeah. 10 to 9. Feels like it just feels like a high baseball uh score, Tim. But here we are, right? Uh listen, they found a way to get it done. And um we talk about this often how, you know, it, it's you know, you'll take the ugly wins over the pretty losses uh any day. But man, today was definitely a struggle. <laughs> Rita, it was ugly. I mean, it was I don't even Lamar went down at the end of the first quarter. Even if Lamar stayed in the whole game, I don't think it would have made that much of a difference. Ravens only had like 20 yards with Lamar in there. And this offense, this ain't changing Rita. You aren't getting the Sean Jackson of 10 years ago. You got the 35 year old. You aren't bringing in any number one receivers. There's no one on the street. The trade deadline's done. But what's more concerning to me is a, they didn't get the run game going, and B, they never stuck with it either. Correct. Where the running back position in general, they just haven't gotten much from it recently. And hats off to the defense. You're going against the crappy Broncos offense. But they did what they were supposed to do. But offensively, man, I mean, we were talking last week. We thought it was going to be ugly, but this was probably uglier than we even thought. Yeah, and let's stick with the offense here. Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of people on social media, you know, say, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe that we're struggling against the Denver Broncos. Well, the Denver Broncos defense is top three, if I'm not mistaken. They're number yep, one in red zone defense. I mean, this is a very good group of guys. They got some fast guys. Their secondary is pretty good. I'm a big fan of Pat Sertan anyway, or Junior the second, whatever, which one he is. <laughs> I, I used to watch his daddy play. Yes, I'm I'm old. So seeing his son playing is very old to me. Um, but this group is a very good group. The reason why the Broncos aren't good is because of their offense, but their defense has absolutely been a problem. They've only allowed things. So I never expected the Ravens to go on some weird tear that people thought – that, that, that they would get through. But when Lamar goes down, and like you said, it wasn't like they were lighting it up prior to the injury. Um, Lamar takes that, that second sack. Uh, and, you know, apparently that was an issue for him. It didn't appear that way. You know, he kind of got a fine. I saw him, you know, get the, the, the cape on him. Didn't look out of the norm. And then all of a sudden, like, he goes into the tent. And, you know, now you know the sequence of events that happens after that. Eventually he's questionable and eventually – He's out of the game. I mean, the good news about that situation is, is that Coach Harbaugh said it doesn't appear to be a season-ending injury. Um, the bad news is that you know we don't know how long it's going to be because he went he from day it could be days, it could be weeks. Okay, sir, you know that's not telling us anything. I mean, it could, there's five games left. 
So, <laughs> I mean, Rita, I, I was at the press conference and he was just like, boom, 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 days, weeks. Hey, he could play this Sunday against the Steelers. Like, we, you know, I, the thing that's concerning is look, we know the history of some of these press conferences in regards to injuries. And we saw it last year with Lamar. And it's really unfortunate because this time last year, it was the Browns game. And I also want to point out for all of the injury detractors, both of these injuries happened in the pocket but the hope is Lamar I'm not expecting him to play Sunday he might not play for a couple weeks but if it's a two game three game stretch I think you feel okay with Tyler Huntley and I think all of the starts that he made last year will make a difference for him down the stretch this year and he said as much at the press conferences it you don't have to drastically change this offense when Lamar is out, but it is a different offense. And, and you can see it with Tyler Huntley, where the big difference is with him is he's very decisive. He's he's very uh, dink and dunk, kind of on um, on schedule, if you will, where great completion percentage today he really didn't throw the ball downfield once he took yeah yeah he, he took he took one shot but he's going to try to keep you on schedule of course yep. no one's the athlete that Lamar Jackson is but Huntley can still run and that play that he made the King on Drake down the left sideline I mean that was that was an awesome awesome play yeah and originally I thought it was a wheel route but I think King and Drake just kind of sat in the flat and then kind of started going um mm-hmm. and i don't think it was a design play i think what we have to you know make clear is that the offense that lamar runs and the offense that tyler huntley runs are not the same so people people will start to say is why does it look like this when huntley is playing well what he's getting is a much condensed simplified version of the offense he's not getting um, you know, the same type of, of plays that Lamar is going to get, which is why you saw them coming out of the huddle quicker. Um, it, so, and again, you made the point that he's going to get, you know, he's going to keep it a, a, in front of the, the defenses. He's not going to really try to push it down the field. Well, that's his strength. And that's what they need to stick with in terms of his strength. Another thing too, Tim, is that with Lamar, a lot of these receivers or his his skill players run a lot of options. And so with Huntley, they don't do that. They kind of stick to, you know, the slants and the, the hitches and all of those things. They, they keep it very simple. So, yes, it does look different because one person's skill set is not as greater than the other. And they have to make sure that they simplify. So this guy who has less talent, and that's no disrespect to Snoop by any means, but we know that he's not as talented, particularly from an arm perspective, as Lamar Jackson. You know, they have to make sure that they're playing him for his strengths. Now, let me say this. Before Lamar went out, what I couldn't understand is Lamar's inability to get the ball out. Because I feel like both sacks, he was holding on to the ball too long. And this Denver's Broncos defense is too good for that. At two seconds, if you're if you don't see anybody open, you need to make a move. You need to get out of the pocket, probably get you know get some runs. I mean, get some yards and and move on. Waiting three seconds or longer with that defense, you don't have your left tackle. It's not like Morgan Moses is playing at an All Pro level. Zeitler was getting some work 
today. And that's putting it nicely. That, I mean, Zeitler was getting – and listen, Kevin Zeitler has played phenomenal all year. Yep. So, you know, it happens. Sometimes a person uh, – uh, you'll find a guy that will get the best of you. Well, today was that day for Kevin Zeitler. The Denver Broncos defense got the best of him. So, I couldn't understand what Lamar's – what was he doing in terms of, like, why are you not finding the way to get the ball fast? Because I know on film – you see that that Broncos defense is extremely fast. Absolutely. And and look, this has kind of been an issue for Lamar here and there throughout the year, especially last year when the offensive line was putrid. But we go back to the Jacksonville game and the frustration kind of, kind of boiling over. And we always kind of make the joke, even though it's kind of true, of Lamar having to put on that Superman cape. I think it's one of those situations where – he's pressing right where he's, he's trying to, okay, I need to make a play. I need to make a play. I need to hold this till the last possible second and try to get something done. And it ends up backfiring. But what I find disappointing even more so than that is we preview the game. We know that this Broncos defense is really, really good. When they traded Bradley Chubb, the pass rush wasn't the same, rightfully so Bradley Chubb's a heck of a player. I believe in the three or four game stretch without Chubb, the Broncos only had four sacks. They had four sacks today in that That's one. That's crazy. And, and this has kind of been a theme for this offensive line, right, where I kind of go back to what I was saying as far as the running back perspective, where go to the Panthers game after the bye week. Panthers dominated the trenches against the Ravens offensive line, even last week against Jacksonville. And then again today, the Ravens O-line is not getting that push um that they were you know getting prior to the bye week and they've been really good pass blocking wise as a whole this year but today like you said Reed I mean even Kevin Zeitler the steady vet he he was taking his lumps yeah and and, I want to go back to something that you mentioned about the running game because I believe they only had 14 rushes um total from the running back from a running back perspective yep listen I understand that this you were going against the team that likes to run a five, two. So they run five defensive linemen, two linebackers. So it's kind of hard to do, but, but you still got to try. I, I got a big problem with that too many times. Uh, I feel like the Ravens try to abandon the run game. And uh, I don't know if Greg Roman knows this or not. You don't got them kind of players for that. Okay. <laughs> you don't have the type of skill players to be abandoning the run game. All right. Uh, you don't have your number one wide receiver. You got a 35-year-old man out there. You got a guy that got cut by the Raiders once he, once they traded um, for Devontae Adams. You got Mark Andrews. That's fine. You know, I, okay. <laughs> but but the other guys, you know, like, you, you, you decided, Greg Roman, to call a play that allows James Prochet. Oh, God. To throw a pass downfield and it's in triple coverage. Now, this is the problem that I have with this, Tim. James Prochet has not been a factor in this offense consistently all year long. Okay. But you trusted him enough to let him throw a ball down the field. <laughs> I don't understand. What is going on with this offense? I don't think anybody understands what's going on with this offense. And I agree with you. I don't think anything changes as a result. 
And Rita, to that point, though, talking about that James Prochet play, you're getting some momentum there because on, the prior, two, on the prior two plays, Hunley to Duvernay, 13 yards. Kenyon Drake up the middle for 12 yards. So it's first and 10. You're at the 40-yard line. And then you call that play. And then James Prochet compounds on the dumb play call, throwing a dumb three flies like hey let's just throw it up for grabs with three defenders in the area and then you lose all that momentum and and it's baffling and and you i want to go back to the running back thing where where you were saying 14 rush attempts by the running backs and and you said at the top tyler huntley with what was it 32 pass attempts 32 passes he played three quarters he yep. played only three quarters, Rita. Yep. Backup quarterback coming in uh, cold, and you have 32 pass attempts. And this Broncos defense, as great as it is, the one weakness is the rushing uh, uh, defense there. And I just – that's not putting your guys in a position to succeed. With Huntley and just keep them ahead of the sticks, keep the ground game going, work some play action – and then you want to call this gadget play. <laughs> Look, the offense was abysmal. And if you want to catch guys off uh, off guard and do something like that. But the offense, was it had some momentum rolling. It had momentum. And you killed like, it. it. It doesn't. And, and you're basically in field goal range at that point, too, in, in a game where the offense is they're allergic to the end zone. So points are at a premium. Like, it's it just, it didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I, this offense doesn't know what they want to do. I don't no. care if the I don't care if the run game is not working. Eventually, what will happen is you will wear defense wear them down. the football. I have once again another red zone situation where Gus Edwards was nowhere to be found. Now, I, I don't know if that I don't know if Gus Edwards is not a hundred percent, and that's why we're not seeing Gus Edwards. I don't yeah. know they they you to get into the red zone and want to be this passing offense when you don't have passing players you don't have the guys to be doing these types of things the one thing that i respect about teams that are good are they stick with what they know okay if you want to tell us that you're a pass i mean excuse me a running team why are you getting away from the run it, okay, so what? It's not working at that moment. You have to keep chipping, chipping, chipping. And just like you mentioned, Tim, Kenyon Drake had a 12-yard run. It's the prior play. Starting. <laughs> no, I, look, talking identity last week. And, right. you know, I still believe that the defense with the third – this is the first game they didn't get a takeaway, but third down and takeaways – this offense doesn't have an identity, and it's really, really disappointing to me because it seemed like the second half of that Bucks game. I was like, okay, it's back to 2019. It's back to the future. Like you were saying, okay, maybe you don't have a ton of success running the football in the first half, but you wear them down in the second half. You dominate time of possession, and now you're getting pass happy again, and you have, what, probably damn near 40, 37 pass attempts as a whole in this football game. It it's baffling to me. And it, it, like you said, you don't have that personnel. You're trying to fit what a, a square peg into a circle hole. Like it's, yeah. you know, the definition of insanity. It is. It is the definition of insanity. I mean, look, we have to give Tyler Huntley his flowers. That last drive, sure. you know, was all will. And, yeah, and he, 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 you know, he willed his way down the field. 
No, and and look, they they deserve. That was a very very gutsy drive. And let's be honest, or I'll be honest, Reed. I don't want to speak for you. They get the ball at the nine yard line. Broncos just had that great punt to pin them deep. Confidence level and them going ninety one yep. yards. That would be a zilch right there. But look, Huntley <laughs> got him going. And let's be honest, you had the two penalties. You had the helmet to helmet. You had the the pass interference on Mark Andrews, but. Two fourth down conversions. I mean, that was huge. And the second fourth down where Huntley kept it, I'm in the press box. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought he gave it to Duvernay. Me too. I thought it was over. Yeah, I was like, that's going to get blown up three yards behind the line. And then, you know, everyone's going nuts. I was like, what the hell just happened? And then, you know, he got it. And then one of the very next plays to King on Drake. I mean, it, it was that was a gutsy drive. And that drive was very similar to what he orchestrated in Chicago last year. And it was funny, yes. Roquan Smith, he uh, he was at the podium today after the game and and someone asked him about that. He was like, yeah, you know, it felt like deja vu. And he said, uh, you know, that first fourth down, he was like, he's going to convert. They're going to get the ball. You know, they're going to score with under a minute. We're going to get the stop. And then obviously they ended up playing out that way. But, I, you know, I, Huntley – Probably ended definitely ended the year poorly, but the, think of the high marks like that Bears game last year. The Packers game was the Packers game, where, yeah. I mean, he outdueled Aaron Rodgers. Now, I'm not by no means trying to. Uh, I know you guys probably took some of those calls during post game, like oh Huntley over. I'm not saying that, but as far yeah. as backup, as far as backup quarterbacks go, you know you have to. For a full season, no. But for two, three games, I think you feel confident in Tyler Huntley. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so, you know, you, you just really hope that they can find a way to find their identity again, which is run the football. Run the football. Yeah. Run the football. Greg Roman, you are supposed to be the, the czar of running game. Okay? If you're the czar of running game, run the ball. Quit trying to be something you're not. Seriously, I, I'm I'm over you trying to be something that you're not, which is a passing team. You're not. <laughs> so please do what you do best. That way you can win some football games down the stretch. Thank you so much. All right. Before we get to our next segment, just want to make sure that you're subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast so that every time there's a new episode, you will be the first to know. All right. So defense. You know, look, to me, they had a light day. <laughs> this Broncos <laughs> offense, let's be honest here, Tim. This Broncos offense is, is disgustingly bad. And the sad thing is, is that I don't know why they have guys. The tight end, Dulich, I mean, he had a yeah, nice little day. Good. He yeah, had a day, you know. Yeah. Uh, Latavius Murray played with the Ravens last year, was getting some push and, and getting some yardage at times. Um, Jerry Judy. Guys like Cortland Sutton, they got guys like you know Jerry Judy. Of course, of course, today Jerry Judy catches the ball a little bit more than he has all year, because that's how the Ravens luck go. But it really, (laughs) you know, I I never felt threatened by that offense, not one time. And it's funny because my co-host Glenn Clark of Baltimore uh, post game uncensored when the Ravens scored he's like it's too much time on the clock it was like 28 seconds or something like that and I was like Glenn please like this <laughs> now 
you know, they did end up moving the ball. Mainly, you know, Russell Wilson had that huge run um, right before they tried to get into, you know, right to, to put them kind of sort of in field goal range. Um, but, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. They they didn't scare me not one bit. That team cannot score if their life depended on it. No, it's a pretty abysmal offense. I mean, and that ended up, you know, playing out to fruition in this game. It was disappointing on the first drive. That was their best drive of the game. It to was. be honest, yep. they were matriculating the ball down the field, and then Nathaniel Hackett did a Nathaniel Hackett where he, you know, did a draw on third and five, <laughs> and pretty much just settled for that fifty-two yard field goal. But they hit a couple shots. I'll give credit. I I, I thought Russ at least was okay today. Um, you know, Jerry Judy had that 40 yarder. You mentioned, uh, their tight end who had a decent, um, gain there. Latavius Murray, to your point early, he was good, but Ravens rush defense, man. I mean, that's for real. Like yeah, they, eventually they, they ran eventually the ball. They tightened up. Yeah. They ran the ball 28 times for 88 yards, just 3.1 yards per carry. I felt like the linebackers, I mean, Roquan Smith was all over the field today. Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Queen, I thought, was having a very good day as well before he went down with the injury. But sounds like they really dodged a bullet there, Rita. Um, you always fear the worst when the cart comes out. You're like, yeah, yeah. You know? But when it ended up being a a deep thigh bruise, um, definitely a good sign there. As I was leaving the locker room today. Um, Saw Queen at his locker, just kind of sitting down. It wasn't anything iced or anything. So I I definitely took that as a good sign. But uh, the defense, they did what they needed to do. I mean, they, they were dominant, and they had to keep the Ravens in this football game. It didn't force a turnover for the first time, but when you're minus two in the turnover ratio and you still don't give up a touchdown, I don't care who you're playing. That's That's impressive. Absolutely. And it's crazy because, you know, yet another game that Marlon Humphrey has not given up a touchdown. I think yeah. that that's super impressive, oh um, you know, because we hear conversations about cornerbacks, you know, and, and Marlon does for whatever reason doesn't come up in these conversations. Yes, I think he did give up. I think that one um, there was a, a pass to Judy that he kind of might have been the 40 yarder. Yeah. It might have been the 40 yarder that he gave yeah. up. One. Look, and, and, and so it happens. Right. Yeah, Absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, you're you're not always going to be, um, you know, dominant. But you know, Marlon was everywhere too. He was making tackles out there. So, you know, and so. I'm glad I'm glad you said that because Marlon, look, and rightfully so, he had a very bad year last year, and yeah. you know, the low point of his career was against the Bengals and. He was seeing a lot of Jamar Chase's back of his jersey because he was chasing him around at MIT yeah. that day. But the Ravens needed him to play up to his pedigree, up to his pay grade. Let's be honest. And he's had a hell of a year. He's been awesome for them. He, he's going to should be in the Pro Bowl. Um, and look, we've been banging on Marcus Peters. I, I feel like Peters. Had a pretty solid day today. I mean, yeah, he, wasn't, one he wasn't he wasn't giving up anything to to no. today. No, and and look, I mean, for what has been this year, I think that's definitely a positive. Uh, you know, he had a couple nice tackles. I can think of one pass in particular that he gave up, but I 
you didn't hear a lot about Marcus Peters today, right. which, which is a good thing, which is a very good thing. And, yeah. um, you know, Kyle Hamilton came back. He kind of bounced in and out with a injury as well. But no, I mean, all in all, you give up less than 200 yards uh, passing and, and, you know, their ground game did nothing either. Either you gave up nine points. I mean, I get it. You're playing a terrible Broncos offense, but I think it's also <laughs> worth mentioning this where, it's kind of one of those games for some fans where it's like they have a great game and it's like, oh, well, that was what they're supposed to do. But then if they're bad, it's like, oh, man, well, the Broncos offense is terrible. And you got beat. you're in like a no win situation. Right. right? That's <laughs> true. That's true. That's a valid point. But, you know, yeah. look, they started they started, um, you know, uh getting pressure to Russell Wilson. And, you know, like you said, they eventually started tightening up their run defense. Um, and so th that's the one, you know, good thing is that, you know, this was a good rebound week. I mean, it helps when that, when you're the offense that you're playing against isn't that it's great. Right week. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a great rebound week when, when you're playing against one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And again, it, it's perplexing because I don't even understand why they're one of the worst ones, but you know, here it is. They it's just hasn't panned out for them um, in terms of the Russell Wilson trade, but you'll take it, right? Especially after the way that you lost last week, um, you you need a game like that to maybe give you a little bit of confidence in yourself that you know you're able to to make some finishes. Um, so yeah, I felt like the defense did what they were supposed to do. I mean, you know, I, I expected them to keep the Broncos out of the end zone. That's what they did. And, um, you know, keeping them to nine points is, is is impressive. I mean, I don't care how bad the, the, the Broncos offense is. Still keeping them, you know, under 10 points is very impressive. No, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, we were talking about this on the postgame show today where is this defense going to get to a point where it can carry this offense week in and week out? I don't know but they're winning in different ways in two of these last three weeks, talking about the Panthers and the Broncos game, than they had won all season. They, they hadn't won any of these real slugfest games until two of these last three weeks. So you're winning in different ways. I mean, sometimes the offense is carrying them. Sometimes the defense has to carry them like in these last couple wins, but I mean, maybe against these offensively challenged teams, like maybe you can get away with it against the Steelers, you know, upcoming. But I you still, hope you hope. And that that's said this Thursday too against the now the Steelers have won two straight. Yeah, and we know how this rivalry uh, can really be. Where would it shock me if they split? No, but my point is, at some point this offense is going to have to play complimentary football with this defense and come to the party because when you're playing the elite of the elite, you saw Cincinnati and yep. they were able to win a low scoring game against Cincinnati at M and T. I don't know if you're going to get that luxury. a second, second time against them in week 18. Um, so the offense is going to have to get it going, but the defense talking to Tyus afterwards, Tyus Bowser at, they are, starting outside of that fourth quarter against Jacksonville. I mean, they are starting to really string together some strong performances and each game with Roquan Smith playing in it. This was probably his best game for me yeah. um, as a Raven thus far. I, I still believe this defense is going to get better down the stretch. Marcus Williams 
maybe he's in play for this week. This will be his third week practicing. Um, so he's going to have to get activated one way or another, but there's reinforcements. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned, old. Oh, you know, this offense has to start stepping up and complement this defense. <laughs> Eight weeks ago, we were having a different conversation. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny how the tables have turned. It would be really nice if everybody could have a complete effort here For sure. um, and try to string along some wins at the end of the season because the Bengals are not making it easy for you. Uh, you know, even beating the teams that are, that people pose to be a problem for them down the stretch. So, yeah, the, you, hopefully the Ravens offense will find a way to complement this defense who really is playing, you know, um, much better uh, as of late. And uh, we'll, we'll find that out uh, next week against Pittsburgh if they'll continue to trend because the Steelers have been scoring a little bit more points um, yeah. the last couple of weeks. So it should be interesting to see that. All right, before we get into our last segment, have you subscribed to the Winning Drive podcast? If you haven't, I'm really not sure what you're waiting on. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button, and that way you can get all of your favorite Ravens news from us. All right, so let's, you know, it's 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 Pat's on the hat time. It was a tough, <laughs> tough, tough win. Ugly, very ugly. Stank ugly. I mean, it wasn't pretty by any means need the shower that, after watching that game wasn't going to win not one beauty contest tim <laughs> however it happened right so we have to find a way to celebrate somebody from this win and i'll i'll start cuz i'll do it's the obvious right i I'll, I'll give it to huntley <laughs> you know asking him to, to throw the ball 32 times is crazy to me it's it's insane but he stood up to the challenge yes he had that bad pick but he did um, rebound himself on that last drive, leading to a touchdown with 28 seconds to go. I'm going to give one uh, a pat on the hat to quarterback Tyler Huntley. That would have been my number one, so now it makes it pretty difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we were talking about him uh, last segment. I, I think Roquan Smith had a very good football game, and he, yes. he, led the, he led the team in tackles with 11, six solo. He had two tackles for a loss. You see the intensity, you see the speed with him and him just meeting with the media, man. You can definitely just tell that he brings such a leadership dynamic to this defense as well. And even though he's been here for, what, a month, you know, he seems like a Raven. He seems like he should have been here um, his whole career. I also want to give, um, you know, a little shout out, maybe not full Pat, but I thought JPP, after being so-so recently, you know, he had that nice stretch of back-to-back plays. He was in on that screen. He was in on another tackle for a loss the very next play. I felt like the vet stepped up there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll give it to Ty. I'll give one to Ty. Yes, I thought he, he played a pretty good uh, game uh, as well. You know, it, it, look, if we're going to give pats on the hats, it's mainly going to be from the defense. <laughs> yeah. They definitely did their part. I thought that Tyus did a good job. Um, uh, you know, uh, one time he had like a nice little false start. Uh, he had a, a, a batted down pass. I mean, he, he pretty much was, you know, in position to make a lot of plays. And so I will give Tyus a pat on the hat. And I, I feel really good for him. Um, Me too. You, know, you, and, you and Glenn do the press box show with Tyus, you know, every, every other week. And 
I mean, A, he just seems like such a great dude and that been here since he was drafted um, in 2017. But for him to come off that Achilles injury the last week of last season, um, you know, not even a year removed at this point and playing the snaps that he is. And I just have always felt he was so underrated because he's such a, you know, Swiss army knife where he's great. If you drop him in coverage, he can set the edge, he can get after the passer and having him back in this, you know, edge rotation is just, it's so huge for Mike McDonald. Absolutely. And, and so he's, he's, he's been really well since he's been back yeah. um, and, and playing um, at that position. We give him one to Marlo. I think Marlo deserves one. I mean, look, uh, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy out there, like they're, Two very solid receivers for sure. And we said it, Marlon Humphrey, for this defense to be good, and we give all the credit to the front seven, and they very much deserve it. With Marcus Williams going down, guys in the secondary have to step up. It's a very high-priced secondary. And Marlon Humphrey, you know, one of the higher-paid quarterback cornerbacks in football, he's having a heck of a year. And he had a very good year uh or excuse me, he had a very good game uh, today. He got credited with that one sack, which I thought was kind of interesting. Seven um, tackles. But if you can have a guy to go out there and just be isolated, you know, shut down that side of the field, it, it's so invaluable. He gave up the one catch to Judy that you uh, referenced, Rita, but he had a very strong day. Yeah, I completely agree. Anybody on offense that we want to <laughs> – if if we want to give one offensively outside of Huntley, I'll give it to Mark Andrews. Right, yes, <laughs> and I think, look, look, Andrews, in all seriousness, on that fourth and one where he took the direct snap, it was a quarterback sneak. Yeah. He stopped initially. I mean, he was. Yeah, he did a second effort. Yeah. Stopped initially, got that second effort. And then later on that drive, you know, we talk about Marlon. You're going to give up plays as a cornerback, Pat Sertain. We talked him up. He had that bad P.I. on Mark Andrews, and that's a tough assignment with a guy that big and can run going against a cornerback, drawing that um, P.I. there. So I, I for that game-winning drive, he, he had over 50 yards receiving. Um, if we got to give one to another offensive player, I'm giving it to Mark Andrews. One of the things that irritates me is that, you know, when you are you're lacking um, skill players, particularly on the outside, why not make Mark Andrews stay outside? And that's a mismatch every time. Um, I, I don't you know, either either you're going to draw the P.I. or he's going to make the completion. I don't understand why, you know, we why we haven't made it consistently a Mark Andrews area. But, you know. I don't get paid to coach, so I'm just over here asking <laughs> questions and 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 it's, wondering. It's not only that, Rita, and I completely agree with you. By the way, um, Isaiah Likely, you yeah. know, he, he's got the receiver build. I I'm really you know interested in seeing the snap distribution when it comes out. Likely did get you know four catches on four targets, and that last catch. You know, the 12 yarder yep. on the game winning drive, heck of a move, turning back, getting the extra yak there. I, he played only what, 33% of the snaps, not last week because he was out against Jacksonville, against the Panthers. Yeah. Why not play him more with Mark Andrews? If you're trying to get mismatches where you have two dynamic tight ends, and to your point, Rita, where likely even has more of that wide receiver frame, but still bigger 
bodied, that's a mismatch, putting him on the outside. And and you know the receiving ability that he has just kind of let him flourish. Like, give you need someone. Yeah. <laughs> you need I, someone. I'm trying like, to help you out here, guys. I mean, <laughs> keep keep your guys outside. Keep your Mark Andrews and your Isaiah Likely's outside. I, help I'm, your help your team. Help your quarterback here. I'm I'm with you a million percent. And I I am very curious to see. And we're assuming that Lamar is is going to be out Sunday. Uh, Harbs is going to meet with the media, give an update on Lamar. But how this offense with a full week of um, Tyler Huntley practicing with the ones, is it going to be different? I, he can't be throwing it 32 times. He, <laughs> he shouldn't. He should not. But, and he's and if he is, down. you got to put him in a much better position to succeed. Put the I guys agree. out there like an Andrews that likely, you know, put him in a better situation to succeed than you did um, against Denver. I completely agree. Thank you so much, Tim, for coming on. It's always a pleasure. You, you're always like – it's so great to talk to you um, <laughs> about uh, our Ravens, you know, <laughs> you know, they are, and we're going to stick beside them. Let everyone know um, how they can listen to your shows. Well, you can listen to us over the air. One Oh five, seven Odyssey app inside access, Jason lock and four, Ken Wyman and myself two to six. And then immediately following inside access Baltimore game day daily, just me, sometimes rotating co-hosts, but uh, we, we do that Monday through Friday as well, 6 to 7. So tune in, 2 to 7. You'll hear Basically me. 2 to 7. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear at, me. <laughs> at Sam Barbalace on Twitter? Yes, B-A-R-B-A-L-A-C-E. I know it's a lot of letters. It's okay. You spelled it out, so they should be fine. <laughs> Thank you so much again for uh, helping us out while Cordell is, is adapting to, to being a new happy. Yeah. And uh, he'll be back next week. But it's been a pleasure talking to you. You've been a great co-host, and I truly appreciate you. You got it, Rita. Anytime. So from Tim to me, this is Winning Drive.